in Africa, and especially it was more of like, we have to be submissive and allow the men to be able to provide. They're the breadwinner. There's, there's just all that stigma about he's the provider, he's everything else. But I don't trust that. I don't believe that myself. I believe that all of us are equal in one way or the other. I'm not trying to fight the men off, but all I am feeling I, I want to just do is my children to know that we are all equal. Providing inspiration and community for women in business of Middle Tennessee. This is Powered by Her with Tiffany Anton. Thanks for tuning in to Powered by Her. I am Tiffany Anton. If you want to know more about Powered by Her, you can head over to poweredbyhercommunity.com. I am in Kenya, part of our kind of Kenya series, and I'm talking to a lot of Kenyan women and on, on their business adventures that they they have. Um, I have Mildred in today and Mildred is kind of just a serial entrepreneur, entrepreneurial enthusiast, um, yes. and there's a million things kind of on your resume. So hi Mildred. Hi Tiffany. Thank you for being here. And at the end, it is your birthday today as where we are oh, yeah. recording. So yes. we have been able to celebrate your birthday today. That's been very exciting. So tell me what you do. <laughs> Such an open-ended <laughs> question, but. Uh, oh yes. Um, I am a serial entrepreneur. I invest in different businesses. Um, at the moment, I am concentrating more on interior design and deco. But of course, I have different businesses going on, um, starting from construction and partnership in construction team with um, other people. But the main gig right now revolves around interior design and deco. So you do have a store front that um, for interior design. Yes. Um, one of the other things that you did when we first met, you were talking about a uh, timber business. So tell me about that. And I was just kind of shocked when you said timber business, because that doesn't seem like something a female would be involved with. But tell me about that a little bit. This was quite interesting when I got into the timber business, because initially I was employed. Um, and after my, I was figuring out in terms of what would be the best way for me to be able to take care of my babies? So my motivation was more of how do I go out there and be able to look after my babies when my babies were still young. I did not just want anyone else to be able to look after them. I wanted to be like fully there, but also be able to generate income for them so that I'm not just sitting at home and looking after my babies. So this came as part of um, an employment that I was in initially that used to be like part of the business where government used to procure timber to be able to run the infrastructure in terms of telecom and um, power lines. So that is how I learned about the timber business. I was just eager and something funny about me. What do you think, where did that eagerness come from? Why were you so driven? I think my mom, my sisters, and everyone else calls me a tomboy. So they think that I do the main thing. <laughs> I literally go after things that men do rather than the things that women do that is quite funny because I don't understand but I find myself that I don't go for the softer things but I go for the harder things oh I, gosh, I like that. beating myself yeah. to the challenge yeah I yeah. love that I think that that's um sometimes we have this idea that women should be soft sure. and that it's less feminine if you're not soft and um I've always wanted powered by her to stand for strong women sure. and not, I mean, even the colors of the brand are not very soft. It's very bold colors. And I love, um, kind of bringing those strong women into the community. Wow. So, um, so you, you, you decided to get into business yourself to support your family and to help, um, 
you know, take care of your babies. Um, how, at least in U.S. culture, there's this push that to really, truly take care of your babies, you're home with them. Um, is that kind of a similar, were you going against the grain to go out and, and financially help support your babies? Oh yeah, precisely. And that landed me in trouble with my husband for quite some time because he didn't understand how I am bundling all my babies into the car and I'm going into the forest and I'm going into the men industry. And sometimes it will be I out very late in big trucks until about midnight because I have to oversee this timber. I have to be able to take stock. I have to be able to be sure that that which I'm getting, the grade that I'm looking for, I'm able to get. Because initially I would be able to do the supply chain on my own um, and I didn't trust the men as well because initially they, they, they would shortchange me a bit. I was like, no, I'm going to fight this on my own. So I'd bundle my babies in the car and I'll just go with them. And that really got me in trouble. But I fought on because I was like, if he's not here today, what happens? And I have to show my children as well that, you know, it's not, and especially to my daughter, that it's not just about her sitting at home and waiting for her husband to be able to provide, but see that mommy works as well. So they can come to mommy and say, mommy, we want chocolate, mommy want ice cream, and they can be able to provide ice cream for them. In Africa, and especially, it was more of like, we have to be submissive and allow the men to be able to provide. They're the breadwinner. There's, there's just all that stigma about, he's the provider, he's everything else. But I don't trust that. I don't believe that myself. I believe that all of us are equal in one way or the other. I'm not trying to fight the men off, but all I am feeling I, I want to just do is my children to know that we are all equal. My son should be able to know that, you know, his wife, when he grows up and he gets his wife and his wife should be able to go out there and work and be able to support his family because we are not immortal. Anything can happen to one of us. Yeah. So if one something happens, then my daughter knows, oh, mommy used to do this and do that and do that. So she could be able to pick it up like, oh, if my mom made it, I can do it. Do you think, um, so... I think with sometimes women empowerment, at least again in, in the United States, um, people can feel like, well, women want to be better than men and they're pushing men down. Sure. And I think it's really interesting that you said, um, I just want to be equal. And I think that that's really what I've tried to kind of cultivate is that feminism doesn't necessarily mean that men have to be lower. It just means equal. Um, do you think that that's kind of a struggle here is that people feel like women coming into leadership positions, would you just want to take over? Oh, that is quite a struggle so much because as women, you fight twice as hard vis-a-vis -vis the men. Mm -hmm. You have more responsibilities. You have more work. To, you will wake up early, be able to prepare your kids and your husband to go to work before you sort out yourself. So you have to work twice harder. So you have work at home and you still have work to go to. So that becomes a little bit, you know, uh, like intense for women, but it's not literally competing with them. It's just, I feel like it's a, we have power as women. We have the energy, we have the enthusiasm. We just walk guard down, but with knowledge that I can be able to do this. And for me, I think we've also stemmed down from my experience, from my parents. Um, I saw my mom really struggle so many times. We were chased out of school so many times because we haven't, completed school fees and my dad would go like oh I do not have the money so if my dad does not have the money where do I go my mom does not have it and because she's like a housewife she cannot do anything else and I didn't like it because I was like mom you can do something mom you'll be able to do something and she was like there's nothing much I can do but yeah. now I have the power to be able to you know I have gone to school I've been exposed then I'm like yeah I can do something where do you think that drive comes from to say you know you didn't see it in your own household so where do you think that comes from that you said, no, I can do something. Yeah, I 
feel like that just set up of struggling while we were growing up and that really changed my mind because I, I used to look and I think I was more an entrepreneur from the word go. Um, in college, I, was, I paid my own school fees. I had to sell stuff to my college mates. I had to sell stuff. You know, I literally did barter trade. And because from my hometown, what we do is we have a lot of corn. So when people sell corn when it's so much in season, and that yeah, means the price, a lot of, what? A lot of corn, mm -hmm. like that maize, corn, yeah. Corn, yeah. So in um, what happens to my, and that's just like a step offered in Kenya or maybe in Africa. So what really used to happen is um, when it's in prison, it's at a low price. So what used to happen is I would buy, hold, keep it and wait for the dry season. When there's not much food, then I would sell mine or I'll be able to exchange into something else. I'll be able to get nice jewelry, nice shoes, nice outfits and just be able to like, do you have corn? Give me corn, I'll give you a nice dress. Yeah. Give me corn, give me this. So. For me, that really, I figured out like, and I kept saying, if my mom had that mind at that point, maybe we didn't have suffered quite much. I wouldn't have skipped my semester in school just to be home, to be able to figure out things. So I had to skip a semester, be home, structure business, think this is what's gonna happen, then go back to school. And eventually that worked. So yeah. when that worked, I was like, mm, so I can do it. Why am I being stopped? So there's something I can literally do. What did 10-year-old um, Mildred, what, what did you, think you were going to be doing. I mean, it seems like you were always kind of had in your mindset you were going to be doing something to, to impact your family and to, to, to financially support. Um, so what, what did you think you were going to be doing? Did you think you would own your own business? Ideally, like at about five years old, I had a great conversation with my grandfather and people don't understand how that really happened. But my grandfather was quite a wealthy person, an entrepreneur as well you know, um, and a great leader within the community. He kind of impacted my way of thinking because every time he tell me, oh, you go to school, but you go to school, but also open up your mind to other things. So at 10 years old, and he would be like, you go to school and he'll provide stuff for me that my own dad could not be able to provide. And my grandfather somehow was like, your father is a teacher, but he can't be able to do this. I am not a teacher, you don't go to school, but I'm able to provide this and this for you. So that really kind of, he was shaping my mind, like, don't just focus on books, just don't focus on education, but focus also in terms of entrepreneurship. I think that that's part of the entrepreneurial mindset is so many people in, in education think that's the only way, educate, educate, educate. And then it's like, you need the skills of doing. Sure. And you need, um, entrepreneurs don't think I'm limited because I don't have an education or I don't know how to do that. It's, they think, okay, well, I either find the person, look online, I'm going to find, I'm going to do it. I, and, and they're not limited. And I think, um, I, I love that your grandpa kind of put that in your mindset early on. Sure. Um, because I think so many people, education is important, sure. but it's not the only way and it's not the, the most important thing ever. I literally agree with you and when my father would my grandfather would be able to compare the two you know your dad is a whole you know school principal and i'm not but i do not have that education but i am on a better place i am in a better space than your dad yeah. so that kind of like if i want something nice i'd go to my grandpa if i wanted something i would go to my grandpa i go to my father i'm like mm, wait until i get my salary mm, wait until yeah, money yeah. comes in mm, this salary is little and cannot be able to feed us all and my grandfather would be like mm -hmm, okay you want it you get it you want it you get it so i thought mm, this is the best way that's the way um so one other thing 
that you've kind of been doing, you're, you're educating other, so you're kind of doing your own entrepreneurial things, sure. but you want to, you have the heart and passion and desire to impact the Ken, you know, the Kenyan nation really, and, and impact people across the country. Sure. Um, and so you're also running programs. So tell me about that. Sure. Um, that is actually because most of the time I have looked at different people and I think like they're brilliant. They have the energy, they have the drive, but they just don't know how to go about it. So how about just share knowledge? I didn't buy this. I have had different um, trainings in terms of entrepreneurship, but later on, but I think the drive came from my grandfather. And I'm just lucky that I had a grandfather who drove me towards that line. But if I were to do things different, that's way I would be able to impact people differently. So one of the entrepreneurs, we do um, training and mentorship. And something that I'm really passionate about is I try to as much as be practical as possible. But what really happens is we bring in people like, for example, at the store that we own, we bring in employees and we bring in people that feel like um, they want to start their own businesses. So they learn on the job. And my way of doing it is because it's easier when you are here, you can see the mistakes I'm making. You can see why the numbers are not adding up. You can see us doing our bookkeeping. You can see how we do our customer care, how we welcome our clients in the store. So you're able to learn from the real scenarios vis-a-vis yeah. -vis, trainings are ongoing and all that. But after the trainings, what next? Sometimes the education and the skill and the application part are two different things. You meet a hard-headed client. How do you deal with that hard-headed hard yeah. client? So the people... But then you're exposed. There is a fear sometimes of being so transparent and having people see your bookkeeping, see how you deal with clients. You're exposing yourself to some criticism possibly. Precisely. So how do you... Um, how do you keep that motivation to know that you're doing good in the world and it, and you still keep opening yourself up to other potential future business owners? Um, for example, I'll give you a scenario I have had. I and, and this is part of our, like one of our strategies in the business. We bring in someone and employ them for like about two years. So you have something and ours is like, you're not going to be here for more than two years because my goal is not to keep you there my goal is to give you wings to fly be i will be the bridge and you step on me and just go where you will go so i have had people who are already running their own businesses the last person left last year so this year i have a new person she's opened up her own store she's doing the same thing that what i am doing and she's learned from me and for me i always say the grass is too much for all of us no one of us will mess it up what's what's your grass quote is that there's <laughs> there's grass for all of us there's grass there's, for all the cows there's grass for, for all, all the, the cows. cows so it means there's grass for all of us there's food for every one of us and that's especially as women sometimes I think we feel um, protective of what we're doing and oh no somebody's starting this other business like mine and I, what it, what if that competition um, makes me fail I think that that belief that there's enough grass for for all of us um, women don't usually like to be referred to as cows so <laughs> but um, you know I think that's a good mindset to, to keep in the back of your mind all the time and, and you said that when we spoke to the women at Jamani is that share the wealth, spread it around, sure. help your neighbor. Sure. Um, again, where does that collaborative like attitude come from with you? I will say that money does not grow in, on trees. Money is in people's pockets. So you need people. 
number one, not anything else. So when you find people, talk to people nicely, be nice to them and everything else, they will show you the light. They are the light in the world. Not, they are the God sent, they are the angels and all that. And that has happened to me. I have had opportunities that I would never have had in my entire life because of just being nice, just being good. I would tell someone about something that is happening somewhere. I would give a word somewhere about someone, something that is happening somewhere else. Somehow, I don't believe that I want to have everything for myself. I only need a five, a six by something foot from my grave. The rest <laughs> is not important yeah, to me. Yeah, All that take is, it with you, right? Oh, I cannot take anywhere with it. All that is important is I leave a better place for my children and my children's children and my children's children because that's what the Bible says. A good man lives well for his, you know, to the fourth generation. But for me, that does not mean in terms of real wealth or, you know, mind. Yeah. Our wealth is in our mind. Our I wealth always, is not always, physical, but our wealth is in yeah, our mind. I always say I want to make an impact on the world, my, my little section of the world. Sure. I want to make an impact. Precisely. And so when I die, I want people to say, wow, she impacted my life. And, and the rest, I don't care if I have a million dollars. Yeah. I don't care. Any of that. I just want to make an, an impact on what, where I'm at. Um, what do you think that, what do you want people to know about the women in Kenya, their biggest struggles when it comes to providing for their families? We are amazing women in Kenya. We are so hardworking. We are go-getters. Hustlers. We are hustlers. We are everything. Fear is our greatest. And that I have realized that is the greatest thing. You just don't want to compete. You know, you wake up and you go out and you fail and you feel stigmatized and you listen to your friends and you listen to the little voice in your head that tells you, no, you can't do it. Fear is our biggest enemy. Fear is a universal language, I think, because I think that that's so much of women that it holds them back of like, well, I could never, she could start a business because she can do that, but I could never do something like that. Or I don't want to put myself out there. And what if I fail? And, and I think that fear is just such a, a huge thing globally um, as women. And so I think when, when you and I, who are, you know, these changers and we try and lift other people up, sure. we, um, I have faith that we can kind of move things forward. Just give you a scenario. Yeah. For example, um, when I was starting out, they store in Gilgil. Gilgil is a smaller town. And so I told my friends about it, like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to start an interior design and deco space and I'm just going to be doing interiors for people and all that. And my friends looked at me and I said, mm, you're a little bit crazy. Who are you going to sell to? I'm going, all of these are people. So what, what do you mean? Who am I going to sell? And they're like, mm, good luck with that. So I went to my house and I'm like, mm, maybe it's not viable. But then the next day I said, mm -hmm, I don't care what, whether I sell or I don't sell. That's not my problem. But I will put myself out there. That's the biggest thing that let me just put myself out there and see. And when I put myself out there, business started coming. Why did, what kept you going? What, why you, you know, you have friends or that voice inside your head or people telling you what keeps you going to say, no, I'm going to keep doing this. My grandfather did it without any much education, without anything those days. I can do it. Well, and you have a, a network of, you mentor others, but then you also have a network of women business owners who are established. Um, you were telling us about your farmer friend the other day. Yes. So um, can you share that story with us? Oh, yes. Um, it's quite amazing because when you are an entrepreneur, one thing is that you're lonely. I learned that the first few years you're alone because no one wants to listen to your stories. You are always talking about things that are not practical, things that are not working, and everyone thinks you're mad or you're sick or you're crazy and all that. So 
you want to find a tribe that you know resonates with you that is the same space with you and so these women are all into business and we found each other somehow and we decided you know what 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 is our best interest what do you want to do we want to find a space to be able to unwind we want to find a safe space to literally rant we want to find a space for a example to just be us and just be able to understand how to be able to push each other going to today and tomorrow and to the next day and all that and it's a, an amazing group because all are coming from different aspects from farming to you know um, all doing poultry farming others are doing you know literally farming of avocados and macadamias and all that and there are others who are literally running branding and marketing businesses and you find that within our network we are able to reach out you know we to reach out to other people so if i have a need i have an issue and i picked it up into the group and the group says oh i know someone who knows someone who can be able to do this for you i know someone who can be able to do this for you and all that so that really creating that network it's like a safe space for us to be able to just go in and wind and do all that but also a safe space for us to be able to find genuine leads and genuine guys because i will tell you something else again in business there's a lot of competition so somebody else might be doing what it is and in kenya this happens a lot it's not i think it's a little bit crazy people feel like oh if i tell mildred about this connection mildred will do better than me which is bullshit i think but sorry no you're good you're good i mean you gotta tell it like it is yeah because that is not really right because um if you help me then i'm about to help the other person maybe if we got that connection you never know because right. I, i always say there's something that you got that i do not have and for me that is what really keeps me going like you want information about what i do i will tell it to you like it is i will be able to give a connection the way it is that is always for me and that has come into the women group and yeah. we created a travel group as well within the same thing because then we find that it's a bit easier so my friends will be able to mildred i have seen business somewhere go for it someone finds an ad on, on you know someone is looking for something on facebook like mildred they will tag me immediately yeah if i know something that is needed in the farms i will tag my friend caro immediately there you are this business for you yeah. so we look out for each other yeah and i think that really has been like the greatest thing for us well and i think that's that is the thing is finding your network of people because life is not meant to go alone and it's not necessarily that it's your family or or friends i think finding the right network of people yeah. those entrepreneurs that you can connect with um that understand what you're going through is exactly. is huge and and i think as women we need that network more than that sometimes men men do but um where do you see yourself in five years what do you see happening what do you where what's next for you oh in the next five years i want to see myself you know um helping more people being able to absorb more people into my business being able to have more people coming in for coaching and mentorship being able to provide a platform where other women can come and find a safe space for ranting i do not want the rest of the women to make mistakes that i have made mm-hmm. i would love to tell them the mistakes that i have made let them not reinvent the world let them move on from there i would like our children to come forward and really find a space that they can be able to run and for example my children run their own business within my own business because i rented a shop for them so that is what i'm inclusivity include each and every person yeah. into your life not exactly because they're coming to compete with you but i believe that they're coming to complement you of course you will find 
issues or you find people who are a bit hard and all that. So down the line, others will drop, others will pick up, others will drop, others will pick up, but you keep going. I mean, I say that the greatest gift I have is people and being a human being. Well, and that that drives to connect with other people is sure. not everybody has that. Sure. And so I think that that really will set you apart to change the culture of women in Kenya. Before we finish, is there anything else that you want people to understand or know or any other encouraging words for women who are in business? Um, one is keep going. You will somehow make it through. Whether you're walking alone, find someone to move along with you. But just like athletes run on the race, on the truck, their eye is always on the goal. Keep, keep yourself, you know, just focus and just know that one day will happen. Might not happen today, but somehow it will happen. Mm -hmm. Keep your eyes on the ball. That's it. And when it happens, it does not happen for you alone. And I keep comparing with athletes, especially in Kenya. When one of our athletes wins, it's Kenya that has won. It's never, he won. No, it's about Kenya has won. So you as one woman, if you win, hundreds and hundreds of women in Kenya, in Africa have won. Yeah. So keep going. People are looking up to you. Everyone is watching you. So just go because I, I think that that's so important sometimes is that I, I find that women don't want to kind of celebrate themselves sometimes. Sure. And I think that that's great is that we really do need to have that mindset that when you win, we all win. Sure. And so um, that's that's great. Lasting thought for us. Mildred, thank you so much for being here today. Um, we can tag some notes um, on the podcast and you can find out more about Mildred and where you can find her and follow her on Instagram um, and your TikTok and all the things. So if you want to know more about Powered by Her, you can head over to PoweredByHerCommunity.com. Thank you so much, Mildred, for your time. Oh, thank you for having the me. hospitality over the last few days. You guys have been amazing. Oh, you have been amazing as well. Thank you so much for being the greatest host. Huh. <laughs>